Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. Listening to Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now, here are your hosts Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 509 of Linux in the Hamshack. The most terrific amateur radio podcast on the interwebs. And we welcome you in to this 105th edition of The Weekender. So we've got our random topic wheel, which I'm going to spin here in a second. So we might be talking about hedonism all night long. We might be doing some amateur radio, some open source. We won't know until I hit the button. But before I can hit said button, we have to introduce ourselves. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. All right, so we are all here, all back, and uh, all ready for some hedonism. So let's hope for a hedonistic topic. And anytime I do that, it usually just screws us. So yep. <laughs> but here we go. I've, I've got the picker wheel up. I've got the topics that we have left in our list, and uh, I've already randomized the wheel. So I'm going to push the button, and last time we could hear it, so hopefully we can hear it again this time. And here it goes. Other than the stuttering, yes, we can hear it just fine. <laughs> and it is a hedonism topic. Yay! <laughs> and it's one I think we might all be able to address. So the topic for tonight is the best whiskey under 30 bucks. So this is actually a little bit harder of a topic to to talk about than it sounds like because... Finding thirty dollar and under decent whiskey uh, is is a kind of challenging, but um, it can be done. Certainly, you're going to hear a lot of probably uh, mass mass market mass produced type whiskey because there aren't a lot of whiskeys in general, particularly craft whiskeys that come under that thirty dollar mark. So um, I'm actually trying to think of one as I'm sort of riffing here right now and uh, having having a bit of a. T- <laughs> a I know tough one. T- it's in there on the cabinet. A, a thirty dollar under craft. Oh, not craft. No, sorry. Oh, no. Does it have to be craft? <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be craft. It can be anything, and that's what I'm saying. I think we're going to have to tend toward the mass market type stuff because thirty dollar craft whiskeys are few and far. Are, between. Yeah, are few and far between. Exactly. So. All right, so where are we going to start with this? I mean, I'm trying to think, well, so first of all, what makes a whiskey good, I guess, we need to define. I think um, I think we need to talk about this in terms of a whiskey you can drink by itself, not, not a mixer. So, because you can take, as I've proven, <laughs> almost any trash and put some Coke with it, and it, you can you can get it down. <laughs> no, not, not always true, but... Yeah, no, not, not 100% true, but pretty close. So I think we have that one there. Here. Yeah, the one. Yeah, the wood hat. Um, <laughs> yep. it, it took COVID for me to get that one down. Um, so... 
<laughs> uh, we can relive that story some other time. Uh, but again, so we'll look at this from the perspective of something that you would pour into a glass and sip upon, not use as a mixer. Because mixers, the whole idea of mixing things or, or making mules or, uh, you know, whiskey sours or uh, old fashions, the, the whole point of those kind of cocktails was to make bad whiskey drinkable. So we need to talk about $30 whiskeys you would pour into a glass and just sip on. So mm-hmm. I think I think there's one. I think, uh, is it Jim Beam? Um, which one, who does the double black? Is that Beam? Double black? That might be Isn't Jim that, Beam. Um, oh, no, that's Scotch. That's Johnny Walker. Oh. Okay, Johnny Walker, double black. Now, the question is, I mean, Scotch is fine. Any kind of whiskey is appropriate for this. The question is, is Johnny Double Black under $30? And my, no. my quick Google says no, but it's really close. It's at Walmart. <laughs> it's listed at $33.98. Um, so I guess we can't call that one one. <laughs> so, um, we'll have to go to your uh, your pricing, not uh, Montana pricing, right? <laughs> well, that's true. Um, maybe, let's see. Can we Can we bump the... The price up a little bit, $30. I mean, $30 severely limits what you can buy. So maybe... I actually just found a website that has several $30 whiskeys on it. Okay, well, maybe we should go down that list and see if any of them are, in my estimation, or Bill's estimation, or in fact, your estimation, worth drinking as a sipper. Okay. Well, number one was Evan Williams Single Barrel Bourbon. Retail on its $27.99. That's like the black label? Uh, now it's it's an ivory colored label with the black Evan Williams. Yeah, thing I've it. had that one before. I think I brought a bottle to your house from Kentucky the last time. You said it was single barrel. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I think it's discontinued though, barrel. isn't it? It may be this. This was this was published or this list was published last year. Uh, so. Steve says, "Are we counting sale prices?" I guess. Yeah, you know, <laughs> let's let's do that. Let's include that. If if you've ever seen the whiskey for thirty dollars or less. <laughs> Anywhere even, at any time. Yeah, yeah. Right. Even if it's not normally that price. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. So what's mm. the next one? Number, number two is Bullet Rye. Oh, Bullet yeah. Rye comes in under $30. $29.99. Now, mm. granted, this was this, not here. This was done last year. So prices may have gone up a little bit. So, if, yeah. so I'm going to say if you can find a bullet, whether it's a bourbon or the rye for $30 or less, then that would actually be a candidate. Yes. Number three is Kilburn Blended Irish. Okay, I've never had that one. So can't no. speak. Uh, Twenty-seven ninety-nine at Total Wine. So okay. So let me let me actually click on this link and see if it's still twenty-seven ninety-nine. Well, it doesn't matter. We're we're talking about. Oh well, no, it's seventeen dollars at Total Wine. <laughs> okay, so that's pretty cheap. But <laughs> Irish whiskey, Irish whiskey tends to be a little bit cheaper. It also tends to be a bit more drinkable. So, like, you can buy, I think, can you get Jameson for $30 or less? I think you can. Maybe, for, for a yeah, fifth. close to it. So, um, And can you drink Jameson straight? Yes. I don't know that I would, would necessarily. <laughs> that does bring up, though, the teeling. That teeling is drinkable straight. It's and it an was Irish about whiskey. $30. It was, no, I think it was less than that. I think it was like $18 was or something it, yeah. for the normal teeling. Right. So there's one. Number four what? is Chivas 12. Uh, yeah, you can drink Shiva's 12 straight, sure. Uh, number five is Early Times Bottled and Bond. I don't think I've had that one. I've had regular Early Times, and I wouldn't recommend drinking that straight. But. All right. Uh, <laughs> number six is Jameson. Uh, number seven is Alberta Premium Rye, Okay, which I've never heard of that. Nope, me either. Uh, number eight is Redemption Rye. 
I see. I didn't like Redemption Rye. We, we reviewed that one, and uh, I don't. I don't recall having a good thought about it. Number nine is Jack. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess it does squeak in under the thirty. It's like twenty eight. It says twenty four dollars here, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, number ten is Rebel Kentucky Straight. I'm not familiar with that one. I've it's seen it. But Sixteen dollars. Yeah. So, um, number eleven is Monkey Shoulder. Yeah, Monkey Shoulder. Yeah, that's in there. But see, now we're we're into Scotch. So so far, the ones that we've hit on are a Scotch, an Irish, a Rye. There's been a couple of whiskeys. And well, in like Jack, which is a Tennessee whiskey, and Rebel. Yeah. Right. Um, after Monkey Shoulder is Ezra Brooks Bourbon. Oh, Ezra Brooks is good. Yep. Right. Number thirteen is Pendleton. That's a rye, right? No, it's a whiskey. They have regular and rye. Probably yeah, the, yeah, yeah. But uh, this one's twenty-two dollars, and it's the official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association. Well, fantastic. Yep. <laughs> um, number fourteen is Dewar's Twelve. Number fifteen is Tullamore Dew. See, I'm not. I that's that's one that I probably should have had at this point because uh, do do. Tell them more do, yeah, because it's one of the entry level uh, Irishes, and I have not had it yet. Yeah, I like the uh, Tula Mordu XO, um, the Caribbean rum cask finish. Uh, Tula Mordu. $30 or less? I think it's like right at like 30 or maybe it's like a smidge more, $32 or something like that. So if it's That's 32 if it's thirty two in Montana, then it's 28 Probably everywhere else. Here, yeah. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. Um, that one's really good, actually. Number 16 is Two Stars Bourbon. That, that's sort of that. like not selling itself. <laughs> yeah. Two stars. Yeah. It's, it's named for the, the Kentucky flag. So, number 17 is Buffalo Trace. Buffalo Trace. Oh, that does come in under $30. Yeah. Oh, how could we miss that one? Number that's... 18 is Four Roses. Oh, see, I can't recommend Four Roses. Not, yeah, not you for under $30. You, bucks. Yeah, you don't like. Yeah. Number 19 is Old Granddad Bottled and Bond. Mm-hmm. Is the 114 under 30 bucks? Because if it is, I would definitely say that one. Let me take a quick the, This one says, it says $17. Um, it's perfectly acceptable to toss into soda, but equally rewarding neater with a cube. There's a couple of online retailers that sell it for just under 30 bucks. The old old granddad 114. Yeah, this is 100 the bonded and is 100 yeah the 100 meh. but if you can get the 114 for 30 bucks or less absolutely uh heaven hill bottled and bond six-year bottled and bond ten dollars uh, ten bucks that's what this says <laughs> so old forester signature oh you know what mellow corn also comes in yeah. is it mellow corn like 20 is, bucks or is like 20 bucks yeah. or yeah something like that and it's drinkable straight absolutely yeah. fistful of bourbon um it says blended with five straight bourbons from across the U.S. It's a subtle nod to Scottish blending traditions, but really well balanced and ideal for cocktails. Uh, George Dickel Rye. Um, Steve in the chat suggested JTS Brown. Can you still can can anyone find JTS Brown at this point? They, we can't get it here. I don't know where you can buy it, but you definitely can't get it here. Old Forester One Hundred. Old Forester One Hundred, absolutely a candidate, and that's that usually runs around what twenty seven, twenty eight bucks a bottle. So yep. yeah, Jim Beam Bonded, twenty five. <clears throat> what about um, what about uh, the turkey thingy? <clears throat> oh, wild turkey. Yeah, one on one. One on one is one on one in a fifth under thirty bucks. It's a it, yeah, it's, it's like twenty five ish because one seven five is about forty. So. Well, Turkey 101 is, yeah, 26 bucks for a fifth. So, yeah. absolutely. Yep. Very old Barton 100. 
I've had that one. That's pretty good. Fifteen dollars. Yep. Johnny Walker Red. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> no, you can't drink. That's that's like drinking gasoline. You cannot yeah, drink yeah. that straight. No, I know. We're, we're trying to find the best whiskey. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Thirty bucks. <laughs> w. L. Weller Antique. What about that uh, Fighting Cock one you got? Oh yeah, Fighting Cock was the one I was going to mention. Yeah, because yeah, that's a Heaven Hill product, and <clears throat> it comes in about seventeen bucks a bottle. So Old Overholt Bonded Drive. Uh, no. Can't recommend it. Bushmills Red. Don't don't know it. I only have one Bushmills, and it's not that one. Right. <clears throat> That's the end of that list. So okay. Well, we've got a lot of candidates here. So now we've got to narrow it down <clears throat> to. Let's pick uh, the top. Let's do five. Let's do five. Top five of uh, all the things we've sort of run through and amalgamated and thought of in the last ten minutes or so. And pick the top five for thirty dollars and under. Fighting I, cock. Um, I I would put Buffalo Trace at the top. I mean. For quality of product, it's not not great on availability, um, but if you can find it, it's supposed to be getting more available as time goes on. Right. My personally would put Buffalo Trace at the top because it's a <clears throat> it's a truly classic, absolutely classic bourbon, and it definitely comes in at the this is usually right around twenty five, twenty six dollars if you can find it. So, what what about Bill? Where what do you put at the top? Yeah, I mean the Buffalo Trace is really nice. Um, yeah, I wish I would have tried that uh, Evan Williams seventeen eighty three because I think that one's cheap too. I have I tried know the single one. barrel is really good. Yeah, the seventeen eighty three to me is not much better than standard expression Evan Williams. I don't, okay. I don't know that I'd put it in my top five. I, that's me personally, of course. So yeah. Hmm. So okay, hmm. so a couple of votes for Buffalo Trace. Cheryl, do you want to chime in on uh, any of the any of your five? You can go five to one, one to five. I don't know. <laughs> But Buffalo Trace is good. I but I still think that for the price point and the ABV, the Fighting Cock is got a good run going for it. So Fighting Cock definitely has, I think, the highest proof of the ones we've talked about because it's at one hundred three. The Wild Turkey is one hundred one. Everything else, I think, is either bottled and bond or lower. So it's either a hundred or. Yeah, well, in some cases, down as far as eighty. Yeah, especially when you get the Irish whiskeys. Yeah, yeah. Once you once you get something from overseas, a Scotch or a, or an Irish, it's going to be like forty or forty three usually. So, um, so I, I guess I'm not doing this in any particular order, but yeah, Buffalo Trace would definitely be in the top five. Uh, Wild Turkey One Hundred One would definitely be in the top five, but you have to deal with the fact that it's Wild Turkey and it's got that it's got that funk. Got the fun all wild turkey has. So if that's something that is appealing to you, then absolutely you should go for it. Um, Old Forester Signature definitely has to be in the list. Um, so that's all. Those are all bourbons at this point. Um, the bullet, the bullet rye. If you can get it for thirty dollars or less, I think we should, we should be in the top five. I mean, bullet rye is really good. And um, I don't know what else would run out this list. Probably should pick something that's not an American whiskey, a bourbon, or a rye. Like, um, I mean, the Teeling, the the Teeling Irish is really good and it's really inexpensive. So I might I might round out my top five with that. So someone else, someone else, go and pick four more. Bill. <laughs> Well, I mean, those would all be on mine for sure. I mean, uh, the old Forester 100, either the regular or the rye, would be really good. Um, I, I do like Wild Turkey 101. I like the Wild Turkey 101 rye as well. Um, the Fighting Cock was really good. Um, and yeah, if you get the Tulip and Do XO for 30 or less, I, I say that one's really, really good. All right. I drink a whole bottle of it. 
<laughs> like at once? Uh, you know, over a week, maybe. <laughs> While I was in uh, Ireland. Um, actually, Bushmills makes a, um, a rum cask finish, too. That, but I don't think that one's available in the U.S. market. But that was really good. Yeah, the prices on the Tullamore DuXO are kind of all over the place. But there are a couple of online retailers that have it for less than 30 So. So there it counts. Yep. <laughs> that was my odd man out then. There you go. Yep. I think the teeling was my odd man out. So, all right, Cheryl, you got to pick five. Uh, let's see here. Well, you've uh, already said the 103. So, yeah, the fighting cock is, is good. Um, I, not a I mean, bang for buck, the 103. Oh, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's no, that's hard to and, beat yeah. that one. No, that one would definitely come as number one. You know, it's 103 proof and it's, you know, 18 ish dollars a bottle. Um, so, you know, and it's a Heaven Hill branded, you know, so it, it should be available most anywhere you look for it. Uh, not not a huge fan of 101, sorry to say. Um, <laughs> trying to think. Been been so long since we've seen, or we've seen our whiskey collection. But, <laughs> um, Larceny. Oh, yeah, Larceny. That's the one we didn't talk about, but. Yeah, no, Larceny is good. Um, what else? Yeah, speak up. No, I know. I'm trying. I'm thinking. You can think into the microphone. Yeah, I'll think into the <laughs> microphone. Yeah. So, so larceny, fighting cock. Um, you like Buffalo Trace, right? I mean, no, I did like the Buffalo Trace, and I like the Buffalo Trace. Um, the whiskey cream mixed oh, with root well, beer. Yeah, but, but that, we're not that's talking a girly. About that. No, I know that's a girly drink though. Um, trying to think what else that is actually available wherever you want to go to any liquor store you know because obviously we tried a lot of liquor when we were in louisville and a lot of it was not available anywhere else and very, very little of it was under 30 dollars. yeah so. and very little yeah very <laughs> few bottles were under 30 um i don't know that's, that's well you can you can stop at three if you want that's fine. yeah no again you know there's there's girly drinks like scatterbrain and stuff like that but i'm not gonna you know, yeah, all all of those flavored whiskeys they they come in under thirty dollars, but that's not the equivalent of having a straight you know like a neat pour. So right, which is what we're talking about. Right. So you know if if we want to talk about moonshine, there are definitely some moonshines out there that I do like. So again, they're flavored. So don't no, count. not no, not all of them. Okay, like what the, the old smoky regular is is really good. Okay. Well, there you so, go. But, I mean, moonshine is unaged whiskey. It's still whiskey. It's, so. No, I know. It's still whiskey. So, but um, again, my brain is fried, you know, trying to think of stuff that I've tried recently that. Okay. Well, I'm going to slip Old Forester 100 into your list because okay. you can't think of one. So, All right. That's fine. <laughs> Just because you it needs that. to be mentioned again. Okay. So. You do that. So. All right. Well, I think that that gives a rounds out the the topic quite nicely, and it didn't take us uh, an hour to get through. So. Right. <laughs> so there's some uh, suggestions for you folks uh, if you want to try out some different things, and we'll go ahead and move on to uh, well, I guess hedonism. <laughs> this is the way we like it on the weekender, though. A little bit. Everybody's got a cocktail or a drink handy. Hopefully, I mean, I know we do because we're sitting here looking at each other. But I don't know about Bill. We'll probably find out later on if he has something to drink. But since since we've uh, been drinking all of this uh, cheap swill now, we uh, have to get some food in the old gut. So Cheryl has. Uh, oh, it's a recipe we had 
when we were up in New England, and it's really, really good. So tell everybody about it. Well, the recipe I picked out this time was for Easy Shrimp Ceviche. I actually fixed this at a family dinner when we were at Russ's mom's uh, a few weeks ago. And it was a huge hit with everybody in the family and half of her neighbors. So everybody was was digging into it. But it's it's super quick. It's it's time consuming because of the chopping. There's veggies that have to be chopped and done. But I did I did kind of cheap out on or chintz out on some of that chopping. Um, I used pre cooked shrimp that was peeled and deveined. So that that cut back on some time. I just chopped it into some smaller pieces. Uh, I used uh, I diced some tomatoes up. I diced a cucumber and seeded it. I diced up a red onion. I used some dried cilantro, which worked fine. I used a can of jalapenos, and that worked fine. And I used, I did not use lime zest, which the recipe calls for, but I did use lime juice, which came out of a bottle. And I used some lemon juice that came out of a bottle. And then I grabbed a package of frozen avocados. And my mistake on this was I put the avocados in with everything else, the, the lime juice and the lemon juice, and they uh, got a little smushy. So <laughs> I, I have now changed my recipe to say, serve your avocado on the side. Because if you buy frozen avocado, it's already treated with uh, uh, a non-browning agent, some sort of you know citrus agent. So you can serve it in a bowl on the side, and people can just mix their own avocado in at their plate. So, which would be would have been much better. It was still fine. It just looked gross on the second day, but nobody seemed to really gripe about it too much because they were too busy eating. But it's other than being time consuming with chopping, you know, veggies and stuff. It's it's super quick and super easy to do. And I did not have a chance to get a drink this time, so shame on me. Oh well, that's okay. Yep. So. Maybe you can find one while I'm doing my thing, and yeah. then you can throw it in there at the end if you want. And All right. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to take a little bit of a direction change on my drink corner. I'm trying to think if at any time in the past, in the last 104 of these, if I have done a Japanese whiskey, and I don't think I have. I think this is the very first one. So what we're looking at tonight is Nika Miyagikyo. Because of how they're produced and because of the grain they use, a lot of these have characteristics that make them very similar to scotches. So if you pick up a Japanese whiskey off the shelf and you're familiar with scotch, then these will seem very familiar to you. Some of them are peated. Some of them are unpeated. This particular one is unpeated. So I've got some notes uh, from the distillery itself on this particular Japanese whiskey, Nika Miyagikyo. Say that three times fast. And uh, they say, Miyagikyo Single Malt is a range of single malt expressions from the Miyagikyo distillery. Nika's founder, Masataka Taketsuru, chose a valley in the Miyagi prefecture as the site for his second distillery and started its operation in 1969. He aimed to make a complete contrast between the two distilleries, Miyagikyo and Yoichi, with different natural environments, production methods. Miyagikyo malts are described as elegant and fruity, made from light and peated and also non-peated malted barley. Whiskies distilled in pot stills heated by indirect steam express a signature fruitiness and delicate mouthfeel. This no-age statement version was released in 2016 as a permanent product that showcases the elegant style of Miyagikyo malts when all age statements were discontinued. This bottling has estery aromas, 
generated by carefully selected yeast strains along with distinctive sherry cask influence. So, lots of words. And uh, I have a bottle here. Um, one thing about Japanese whiskeys in general, other than the fact that they have scotch-like characteristics, is that very few of them are cheap. So, unfortunately, we're sort of out of the $30 and under category at this point. Uh, but we'll talk about this anyway. So, some details about it. It is a single malt, so it's 100% malted barley. The proof on it is 90, which is 45% ABV. It comes from Sendai in Miyagi Prefecture, Japan. The color on it is very light, as is typical of northern climate-type whiskeys, including scotches. They tend to not pick up a lot of barrel color, so they're very light gold on this. Um, and one thing about this particular one, it's not, it's not super cheap. Um, it's not super expensive either. We got it on sale, and I think it was right at... 75 or 80 dollars about 80 yeah so this was 80 dollars um but the complexity of this particular uh malt is is rather surprising on the nose you get all kinds of interesting things vanilla cinnamon honey pear cloves apricots baked biscuits plantains baking spices dark fruit you can pick out all of that, and the longer you let this sort of sit open in the glass and keep putting your nose back in it, the more of this stuff you can pull out. Like, I just stuck my nose back in it after it's been sitting here on the desk for 30 minutes, and I got blasted with, like, dark cherry, well, black cherry. It's, yeah, it's pretty incredible, actually. So, on the taste, there's all kinds of interesting things going on, too. And I'm going to taste it again while I read my list. Oh, Yeah. So on the taste, you get all kinds of stuff. You get orange, toasted bread, chocolate, honey, vanilla, oak, toasted grains, pear, green grapes, and light pepper. And uh, that berry influence, I'm, I'm sort of picking up again as it sits here in the glass, too. So there's a little bit of that as well. And the finish is long. It's got, it's like, it's got pepper in it, but that pepper sort of just gives you a tingle and accentuates. It's almost like putting sour spray on candy. It sort of ups the ante, but none of this is actually sour. I was just using that as an example of, like, uh, adding to the flavor profile. But long finish with the green grape in the forefront for me, vanilla, a little tiny bit of, like, clove, some hints of dark berry, citrus, and like I said, that, that pepper just sort of coats everything. It sits on the tongue in the back of the throat and just covers all of those other flavors on it. It makes you want to go back for more. I can tell you that right now. And um, I did try this. I think, Bill, did you try it? We, yeah, we I tried it when we were in Hambenton. Yeah, do you remember it at all? I just remember it being very, uh, very different. Very different than <laughs> anything else I've tried, yeah. <clears throat> all right. Everybody was about three sheets to the wind when this all this tasting all came down. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, I will say that I remember it being very good then, and I think it's better now. So, yes, this does run, you know, depending on where you buy it and depending on whether or not it's on sale, somewhere from the high 70s to probably close to 90 per bottle. So it is a bit of an investment. But if you like the sort of complexity and the flavors that, that scotch can give you, even though it hasn't been aged particularly long, um, the wine influence is definitely there. The barrel influence is definitely there. The grains are fantastic. Uh, the maltiness of the yeast, it's, it's all... It all goes together in this particular whiskey really, really well. 
uh, so well, in fact, that, okay, I didn't disconnect. Good. <laughs> but my, my Etherpad did for some reason. So anyway, I was just about to give my rating. So let me put it in the Etherpad as I say it. So I'm going to give this particular whiskey, Nika Miyagikyo, the American one that you can get, which is the non-peated single malt Japanese whiskey gets a 96 out of 100. Ooh. So wow, it is it is on the expensive side. Like I said, you're not going to go out and buy one of these every day. I wouldn't think it's 99.99 uh, at Total Wine in St. Louis. Yeah, we got it in Louisville for a lot less than that. Yeah, because right? it was on sale. Right. But yeah, so but I think it's I don't say whiskeys that cost in the you know hundred dollar range are worth it very often. But I will say it of this one. It's really, really good. And I can't wait to uh, to plow through the rest of this bottle. So. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the Total Wine Ultimate Spirits Challenge gave it 95 points. And it was awarded the gold medal at the 2020 International Spirits Challenge. I'd, I'd say um, appropriately and deservedly so. Yep. So. So my rating is 96, there's 95. Uh, I think uh, I think we're right in line with each other. And if you have the wherewithal and you want to give this a try, you definitely should. Nika Miyagikyo, single malt Japanese whiskey. All right, Bill, what do you got? I'm just enjoying a nice uh, nice glass of uh, Weller, a special reserve, you know. Uh, <laughs> if I was able to find a bottle, and uh, yeah, now I'm, now I'm enjoying said bottle. Uh, very good. We bought a bottle when we went to Buffalo Trace, and it's still sitting on the counter unopened because I have an open bottle somewhere else. So, <laughs> but, um, uh, home repairs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's over in the it's over in the shed. I know exactly where it is, and if I felt like drinking some Weller, I definitely could do that. But I also have a bottle of Weller Twelve that sits right next to it, so I tend to go for that one. But whatever. <laughs> Bill's probably cursing me under his breath. But that's yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just rub right. bourbon into my eyeball. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that brings us down to the end of the topics for tonight. I hope you found all of this hedonism enjoyable. I hope you uh, give the uh, the recipe a try. Did you find a? Oh, you did. So go ahead and give us your uh, cocktail recipe. My my cocktail recipe was for a Mexican mule which is a quick and easy meal made with tequila instead of vodka. So you need two ounces of tequila, a half ounce of fresh lime juice, four ounces of ginger beer, and a lime slice to garnish it with. And, you know, of course, drag out your little copper mug or a glass if you have to. Pour in the tequila, lime juice, ginger beer, add ice, garnish, and you're done. And it's yummy. Yep. So. Absolutely. Well, that brings us down to a couple of announcements we have. Uh, we did not have any feedback for this particular episode. I did have some an email from a listener a couple of weeks ago who told me after I had already figured it out that the certificate had expired. But thanks for, for letting us know and uh, got that taken care of. So uh, we didn't hopefully lose any listeners or anything because <laughs> they couldn't download episodes. Uh, I think that was only a matter of a few hours. So should have been all right. Maybe a day. Yeah, something like that. But all right, so a couple of announcements. The first one is that I just, like mere hours ago, upgraded the Linux in the Hamshack Minecraft server from 1.19.4 to the new version, 1.20.1. So if you're a player on our Minecraft server, and you really should be if you're not, uh, make sure to update to the 1.20.1 release so that you can join us. And if you're using Prism Launcher, which we highly recommend, um, that has a new version as well. They jumped from 6.3 to 7.1. Uh, so make sure you update that as well. Update all your mods, update all your uh, base, uh, your base levels, uh, your Minecraft app and all that kind of stuff 
to reflect the fact that we're running on 1.20.1. Otherwise, you will have problems and not be able to connect and all that good stuff. But we hope to see you. We hope to see you uh, check out all the new features of 1.20.1. I've already planted some cherry trees or some cherry blossoms, which are awesome. So I checked out the cherry wood. There's there's lots of pink in 1.20. So... Uh, so hopefully we'll see you out on the Minecraft server, minecraft.lhspodcast.info, and the map is at port 8123. Check it out. And uh, as we kind of alluded to at the top of the show, we're kind of running out of topic wheel topics. After this episode, we will be down to a mere 10. So if you have anything you'd love to hear us expound about, talk about, uh, riff about, waffle about, we would love to have those topics. You can feel free to send them to us any way you want to via social media, text us on the discord, uh, actual texts work, you know, any of the social media platforms, let us know email. Of course that works too. Just send us your topics. They can be of anything. Doesn't even have to be ham radio or Linux related. Hedonism is good. Anything you want to hear us talk about. We'd love to have your topic suggestions. So please send them our way. And with that, we're down to new subscribers, supporters, and live participants. So we'll bring Cheryl in here to read the list. Well, on our list this week, we do not have any subscribers or patrons. There was nobody on Facebook. There was nobody on Twitter. There was no one on Instagram. But we have people from Mastodon. And that's Lefty Labor Tech Toronto, KF7CCC, and Black underscore Rain. On YouTube, we had Julio PY9DB, Fundy Willie, and Brett Holcomb. On the mailing list, we had KJ7UZN. On Discord, we had Mossad and Deb Kampf. For merchandise, we had Kevin Motoro, or Modro. And on our live chat, we had Tony, K4XSS, Don, KC9ZMY, Steve, KJ5T, John, K1BTZ, Winston, KB2DLL, Mike, K6GTE, and Ted, WA0EIR. All right. Well, that brings us down to the bottom of the show. It was an all-hedonism show today. I really enjoyed it. Hope you all did, too. So uh, if you're into that sort of thing, we definitely hope you'll be back for all of the future weekenders. Uh, Otherwise, our next episode will be a deep dive. So we'll be diving into an open source and or ham radio topic and going through all of the deets on said topic. And uh, we'll hope you join us for the deep dive. And in the meantime, we hope you have a great week and we'll talk to you all again very, very soon. But for now... We'll go ahead and wrap this one up. This has been episode number 509, the 105th edition of The Weekender on Linux in the Hamshack. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke lhspodcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at one nine zero nine. NHS show. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Until next time, 
Remember to always heed your hedonism.